said earlier, and as hopefully Ruth said as well, a very warm welcome, especially if this is your first time. It's great to have you with us. Um, we have been meeting for a year. Um, we started meeting, um, I think there were 14 of us in Nikki and Dave's front room, and we met, oh, it wasn't on the 22nd of Feb, it was the week before that, about the 15th of Feb. Um, it was the week that we, before we moved house, we were staying with our in-laws, and it was two weeks before it snowed. For those of you that were in Falmouth last year when the craziness happened, the winter wonderland, we had, I've told you this before, we had told our kids, because we'd moved from South Wales, where we saw quite a bit of snow, and if you wanted to see even more, you could go to the Brecon Beacons, and there was tons up there, so you could always go sledging or snowball fighting, and we had told them, we're moving to Cornwall, it's basically tropical, um, you won't see snow, and within literally a month we moved down, they're like, Daddy, you said it wasn't going to snow, I was like, I know, <laughs> this is amazing. And then I said, but the weather will be terrible in the summer. And the weather was amazing. And it was in Bezgar, so. So, yeah, so we met at Nikki and Dave's house for the first for, uh, 10 weeks. We just had food, just met together, got to know each other. Uh, most people had got in touch at that time just through social media or through um, the very earliest version of the church website, just to say hello and would come along. Some people were like, yes, we love this. And some people were like, how is this a church? Is this how you're meant to start a church? Like, it feels like we're just having dinner in someone's house. So uh, that wheedled a few people out of like, this doesn't look like church, like some kind of crazy weird cult. But um, hopefully they've been corrected now. Though, So it was a crazy time this time last year. We, as I said, were just moving house. Um, The day before we moved... We moved, had the removal lorry arrived at our new house, and the, that night, it was a Thursday night, we went to a small group, surrounded by boxes, and we had in-laws in to babysit, and it was just like, oh my goodness, that time of year was pretty crazy. Our eldest daughter had just changed schools, we had one child in Penryn uh, Primary, and one in King Charles, and that was problematic in terms of doing drop-offs and pickups when you're trying to split yourself so it was all very interesting, and that was the time our car broke down, and it just all went wrong. So it feels nice this year. Both the cars are working reasonably well. Um, the kids are in the same school, and church is now on a Sunday, which feels a lot more sustainable rather than trying to get to something on a Thursday night, apart from the small group of my house, which all I have to do is put my smarter clothes on rather than just lounging about in my pajamas. So... I thought it would be great this morning just to remind ourselves of what's happened over the last year. And the, the majority of this is just to celebrate what God's done um, and just to be thankful for, for what has been happening within us as a community. Um, and it's not, and, and, and the other thing we're going to do is look at the vision statement again, not because it's changed, but just because sometimes it's good just to reinforce and remind ourselves of what we feel God has called us to. So it should come up, and it has because they're on it. It just says this. We believe God has called us to establish an extravagantly welcoming, authentic community that is empowered by the Holy Spirit, rooted in the Bible, to see Cornwall come alive through hope and the freedom that Jesus brings. And that is what we're going to look through this morning. And through the magic and wonders of technology, I've done a little slideshow which emphasizes and illustrates through pictures what we've been up to. And we'll go through the vision statement, but we'll also go through the year and look at what we've been up to as well. So, firstly, extravagantly welcoming as a community. What does this mean? I don't know if you've ever been to an event or somewhere, maybe a group where it just feels a bit awkward. Like, why is no one speaking to me? This is weird. And it feels like you're a bit out of place. 
And most of you say, I, I never want to go back here again. There must be a very, very good reason for me to come back here. Maybe it's a new club you've joined, or a mums and toddler group, or a parent and toddler group, that kind of thing. You're like, why? This just feels weird. Um, and one of the amazing things about this church community is that we are called to represent God to those around us. It's an image of priesthood in the Bible. The role of the priest wasn't just to mediate between God and man. It was to represent God to man. We are representations of the image of God. Um, and, that, and Jesus was the perfect replica, uh, reflection of the image of God. And we are called as a community to represent and introduce everyone we meet to Jesus. So skip forward to the end of the statement. It says, it's Jesus who brings hope and freedom. It's not Nathan and Ruth. That would be ridiculous. That would be a cult, as we mentioned earlier. It's not the community. That would be a self-help group. It's only Jesus that brings hope and freedom. And we are called to be a community that represents and introduces our friends, our neighbors, our family, and everyone else we bump into to Jesus. We need to welcome as Jesus did, to be able to do this. And we need to especially welcome people who are searching for life, asking big questions in life, searching for faith, and people who have lost hope. I love the story in the book of Luke um, where Jesus got into trouble because of the kind of people that he welcomed and the kind of people that he hung out with and had parties with. Let's just look. Luke chapter 5, verse 27 says this, after this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him. And Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house, and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, who belonged to their sect, complained to his disciples, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered them, It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I've not come to call the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. If we are called as a community to introduce people to Jesus, we need to be the most welcoming community that there is. For anyone exploring faith and asking the question, who is Jesus? So that's what we've tried to do this year. Partly at gatherings like this, partly at Cafe Church and the different parties we've had. Um, we make an effort not to let people just drift in and out. We say hello. We treat people hopefully as guests. That's the image that Ruth used earlier of like a wedding feast where everyone has a role to play. It's not um, uh, anonymous. It's you are known here. And it's like a big family visiting and a family um, meal. So we try to pull out the stops. That's why we try to have nice coffee and nice refreshments to make people uh, be excited about coming into this, this environment. So this time last year we started sharing a meal together in someone's house. And one of my favorite evenings was Monday Thursday, where we just got to reflect on the events of the Last Supper and look at what the disciples did. We shared the communion uh, meal together. It was profoundly powerful just to sit in that community, have a simple meal, and pray and worship together. And then we went big at Easter. On the Saturday, Easter Saturday, we had an Easter egg hunt. Dave, Nikki, Mike and Isla organized a fantastic Easter egg hunt over in Kimberley Park. It was great to see so many people that have been invited come along. We had lots of fun. Um, so that was on a Saturday. So we did something on the Thursday, something on the Saturday. That's all we were there. We gave out Easter eggs and we had lots and lots of coffee and cakes and stuff. And then on the Sunday, we 
I would say we made a mistake. Did we make a mistake? No. We had a beach barbecue on Easter Sunday, and let's just say there was no swimming on that morning. Christmas Day was so much warmer than that Easter Sunday. And the pictures are basically, I've got one picture because I didn't want to get my hands out of my pockets because my fingers were so cold. It was really cold. Um, so that's what we did on Easter Sunday. We, had, we did still do bacon. <laughs> it was just like, have we had enough time on the beach yet? I'm too cold. So that was, uh, that was Easter Sunday. It was so cold. At this point, we continued to meet as a small group in Nikki and Dave's house and had dinner until about May. So from February to May, we did that. Just after Easter, we had a great time of worship and prayer in our lounge. Amazingly, the kids didn't wake up even with the con being hit and the guitar just under their, um, their bedroom. And it was just a great time of intimacy with God, pressing into more of him, more of his presence. So after on the back of that, we started meeting as, and had an early morning prayer meeting, which keeps going on. I've changed the name now. It's not called early morning prayer meeting, just because I think that puts people off. So we just called it morning prayer. So at the same time, we're still at the ridiculously early. It's a half past six, but it's going to come up. So that's been, that's been happening. And that is a great encouragement. Oh, no, I'll use that. That's the original uh, logo picture we used. So um, if you ever want to come along, Tuesday, 6.30, there's always coffee and tea. It's really actually, I find that one of the most profound things we do in a week. I find that I connect more with God and the community in that kind of time. Um, it's re- there's something so special about meeting together and pray. So come along on Tuesday mornings. Where am I? So we'd always felt since the first stirrings of the church that it had to be as much fun for the kids. That's why you saw them in here this morning and for the young people, to them, for them to be able to find life in Jesus as it was for the grown-ups, for the adults. So we made kids' events and the kids' program a priority. So we had lots of fun and games. We met as a small group. We also did monthly Sundays, kids' parties, in here, in the Maritime Museum Learning Center, where the kids are meeting now. We had lots of fun. We did games. We had craft activities, and then we drank good coffee. It paved the way for what Cafe Church is now. So the question we ask is this. What does it look like to have an extravagantly welcoming kids' church? And I think we're still asking this question. It feels as though it moves and it evolves and it changes, partly based on the imagination and the creativity of the team, but also in the availability of people to serve. So if you want to join that team, that would be fantastic. It's a great way to bless the next generation and this generation of leaders that are coming through as well. It's been fantastic. So since September, we've run a kids' small group, and it's just been incredible to see their faith grow in times of ministry and worship, hearing God for themselves, having prophetic words for each other. And it feels to me as if, at the very least, we are creating a safe space that fuels the imagination of faith in our kids, in our young people. And it's having a kids' team that are captivated by Jesus and have the resources they need to be able to communicate with passion the love of God and the incredible person of Jesus and the wonder of the Holy Spirit. And we're convinced that now in our culture, more than ever, our kids need to know who they are in Jesus. They need to have a sense of their identity, a sense that they are radically loved by God. And what better way to show God's love than to cover someone in gunge? It's going to come up. So we had a kids' party in July. Me and B were on the losing team. So we got gunged. Um, 
One of Jake's friends came along and he still comes to me in the playground. He's like, oh, have you got the blue gunge out of your hair? I'm like, it did take a while. But um, it's just these kind of opportunities, just a great places just to bring people in, invite people along to. So we did kids' events all the way through to the um, summer term as well and finished when we got gunge there. And the second part... Oh, Jake's got short hair there, hasn't he? The second part of the vision statement is this, that we would be an authentic community. And the way that I think about this is that we have to have a, a firm grasp on the concept of grace. We sang about it a lot this morning, didn't we? We know who we are is only because of what Jesus has done for us and who he has made us to be. And authenticity for me is being the same on Sunday as Monday, or the same on Saturday as we come into church on Sunday. If we pray for people on Sunday, we would do the same thing on Monday, out and about. If we're having a bad day on Saturday, we'll be able to take that into church and be real and honest with each other. Do you know what? This is a hard week. We're struggling. Could you just come alongside me and pray for me? We don't pretend everything's okay and put a mask on when we come into church. And a real authentic faith, I believe, doesn't mean we th- that we have all the answers and that life doesn't trip us up. It means that we have sure and certain hope in Jesus and he leads us on the journey. But we bear with one another in times of trouble and, uh, and difficulty. So authenticity, the authenticity I think we are called to is to be the same on a Sunday as on a Monday. And I think we can all grow in this area. Like I think there's a, there's a nice part of this, the, going back to this um, statement each year, which you can say, how are we doing? Like have we... Like, do, what is, have we done this? Like, do we are we extravagantly welcoming? Are we an authentic community? And I'm like, yeah, I think we're okay, but I think we could do better. I think we could be more vulnerable with each other. We could go deeper with each other. So, let's go for it. Where am I? One of the things that Ruth and I have been challenged on over the year is that we would be led by God rather than led by a church planting model. What do I mean by that? Well, we're a vineyard church plant. There's about 100 and probably about 130 vineyard churches around the country now. Um, and we were one of a number that planted at the same time. So I think we were one of like a group of five churches that planted out at the same time. Um, and we are one of a number of churches that have even been planted in Falmouth over the last year across denominations. So if you look behind me in faith, yes, you'll see that we believe God has called us to be a community that is empowered by the Holy Spirit. What does it mean? For us as leaders, it means that we are led by the Holy Spirit. The decisions that we make are spirit-led rather than manual-led. And we always aim to seek God's will and be led by him, by his spirit, so that we follow God's plan for the church and not what the manual says to do. So in the spring term, we felt God stir us to get in touch with the United Reformed Church. We'd met as a small group so far. But we felt we needed to do something public and meet in a public space so that we were easily accessible. So if someone just wanted to come and sit at the back and see what we were like as a community, they could. Um, So we started a Thursday night service that ran for the rest of the term from May the 24th, I think it was, through to the end of July when we broke up for the summer. It was no small job for those of you that were there at that time to set that venue up. They have a lot of chairs, and we didn't need a lot of chairs. Um, we did uh, The week before we launched, we had a night of cleaning. So I think it was about 12, 13 of us went and just hoovered and blitzed the place, put air fresheners everywhere. Um, did like a, I would say grand designs, but we didn't knock it down. We just cleaned it. Um, 
It was, yeah. So we did a lot of cleaning. Uh, it was great. It's an amazing venue. That's why we go back there this Thursday for the worship and prayer night. Put twinkly lights up each week and had then had to take them down because they interrupted their um, hearing loop. Like, taking all the PA stuff in, it was joyous. So 8 o'clock, as any of you that are parents or grandparents know, 8 o'clock on a weeknight, especially at the end of the week, is when the kids like getting tired and getting grumpy. So we were trying to get kids in bed, get to church. And sometimes I'd literally turn up and preach and be like, I'm just so tired, I can't keep my eyes open. But it was incredibly, um, they were incredible times as well. I don't look back and think, oh, what a nightmare. I look back and think, what a special time that was in the life of the church. Um, and one of the things I've loved seeing over the years is people develop in their spiritual gifts. We talk about being empowered by the Spirit. We've had times in small group where I've heard people give words of prophecy for the first time, being able to pray for each other, moving in the gift of the Spirit. And I love what Paul says in 1 Corinthians where he says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gift of the Spirit, especially prophecy. So we've been moving and training and trying to work in this in our, in our small groups as well. And that's starting. It's another one where I'd say it's starting to filter through to Sundays. But I'd love to see us step more into the prophetic gifts. I don't think the spiritual gifts are an optional extra for the church. They are to be eagerly desired. So there is training involved. They don't. Sometimes it doesn't step naturally. Sometimes you have to say, well, what do you think God's saying to you? Let's say it out. Does that resonate with anyone? Weigh it up. What God's saying to other people as well. And that's, for me, is one of the beautiful things about small group, is you get a chance to try out this kind of stuff, get to pray each other for a safe place. But if you get it wrong, it does not matter. It's absolutely fine. Prophecy strengthens, encourages, and brings comfort. That's what it says in 1 Corinthians. So after all of that, we were tired. So we took a break in August. We had some beach gatherings. The weather was incredible, basically from April to the first week of the school holidays. Do you remember that? And then it basically started to rain. So, oh, good. But there was really nice days as well. So we had some fun on the beach. Got the kayaks out and the sups out. We did. We went. Some of us went to see the Red Arrows down on Gillen Bays, and just did lots of things of like we did a walk between um, Swanpool and Mainforth. Just things to grow in getting to know each other as a community. That was what all that was about in in the summer. Um, where am I? So, but at that time, I kind of said this last time we met, we felt God stir us again. Um, we were meeting the, in the United Reformed Church on the Thursday night, but something was unsettling me, and I think it was a Holy Spirit thing. So we made inquiries about whether we could start meeting um, on a Sunday. So we came here, got to chat to the Maritime Museum, and they were incredibly helpful, incredibly welcoming to us. So at the end of September, we launched Cafe Church on the second Sunday of the month, which has grown and developed over the last Sunday, last few months. I don't know if you've seen it's changed. Every time we try and we do it, we try and tweak it and change it. Um, but it's been a lot of fun. If you have been there and had to draw stuff with a paper plate on your head, or if you've had to draw um, build a spaghetti tower with marshmallows and spaghetti, or if you've been dressed up as a lighthouse, sorry, Adam, I didn't warn you on that. Um, we drew, dress people up as lighthouses. There's always a theme. It's always a lot of fun. The kids love it, um, and it's a great time to come together. So we've done that once a month since September. Um, and it, these places have always hopefully been a place where you can invite friends and family along to, faith or no faith, that they can come and enjoy and hear truth as well. So that's Cafe Church. And then also we started a Sunday service. 
in here. I think the first one we had was the end of October, which actually is not that long ago, is it? And this was a big change. Suddenly we had to do more proper preaching for me. Uh, we needed a vineyard kids team, uh, whereas we'd all been in together before, and they needed resources and the space to be able to cater for the 20 or so kids that we were seeing each Sunday. So um, I know some of them are out this morning, but it's being recorded, hopefully. And I just want to say a massive thank you, because they have served their socks off in, in not just looking after our kids. This isn't a, like a Sunday school childcare option. This is them investing in our children for, to see them grow in their faith, develop in all the gifts that we see in this room, we see in there as well. And it's just, I just want to honor them and thank them for all that they're doing. And the kids have fun. And that's what it's got to be about. I don't know if you went to Sunday school. It was like, oh, please don't make me go there. It's just painful. <laughs> like I'm no good at remembering Bible verses. But they have fun and they also learn at the same time. And they grow and they have questions and I love it. So our love, kids love going in and I hope yours do too. And part of their mornings and part of our mornings and a big part of our small groups is that we look into the Bible. We look into the Bible. We want to be rooted in the Bible rather than rooted in the culture. So, <laughs> don't worry. So these two, culture and Bible, can be at odds. You can't get away from it. But we have to have the Bible as our ultimate authority. It contains truth, and some of that truth is uncomfortable. But wrestling with the Scriptures is absolutely vital. And our hope is that we would be a community that loves the Bible, that grows in our understanding of the Scriptures, that sees the story of God's creation and the progress of man over time and his relationship breaking down and being reconnected with the Father, with the, with Father God as well. And I love, seeing, I love reading the Bible as a, and seeing narratives and arcs and themes develop over time of Scripture to see how one story fits with another, to see how one thing foreshadows another, to see how a character develops, to see how they get things wrong and then God redeems them. We see the journey of God's people. We see the destination and we see the tension between them messing up and then being restored. So in September, we started meeting twice a month. And also in September, Nikki, Kate and Ruth started to run Squidlets. This is our parent and toddler group. Meets, they used to meet on a Thursday morning over at the Lighthouse Center on the Beacon. And now it meets on a Friday morning. So don't take that date as a it's Fridays if you want to invite anyone along. Um, yeah, January, it changed to Fridays. And I love hearing, like Ruth comes back on a Friday morning now. It's like, what did you do today? And I'm looking at Edie, our youngest, and I'm like, what is on her? Like, why is she slightly blue? Uh, yes. And one of the things that I think probably did help this thing along is the appearance of Father Christmas this year. Mm. Um, you'll be surprised, as I was, that no kids actually cried. I was expecting lots and lots of tears because Santa's just weird anyway. Anyway, so we, our vision statement it says that we are expectant of seeing Cornwall come alive through the hope and the freedom that Jesus brings. So we get to demonstrate this life and freedom and hope at things like Squidlets, where we get to use the Lighthouse Children's Center to run a creative morning where the kids get messy. Very messy. The pictures I saw from last week I couldn't put up because most of them were stripped down to their pants or their nappies and basically had painted themselves before they threw themselves on the floor and painted the paper that was on the floor. 
These things, they start with fingerprinting, and then it turns into hands, and then it turns into arms. And before you know it, they're just covered in paint, and that's how they were, fully painted. So, but they're having an awesome lot of fun. And I love hearing, not just from our team, but from other people in the town now, the reputation that Squidlets is, is having as a place which is one of the best to go to. It's only been going since September. Like, it brings me, I'm not going to well up, but it, I'm just so proud of the team and the love that they show the parents that come along. And the life that they show, they will always offer to pray. They'll always signpost people to a cafe church or us meeting here on a Sunday. They'll always be available to have conversations. And little things like that, remembering someone's name, remembering someone's detail about their life, offering to make someone a cup of tea or a coffee with obviously soy milk or oat-based milk or some other type of milk. It's so powerful that you would remember and people will feel valued. And that's part of the extravagantly welcoming as well. But I love it because our values as a community are evident in that as well, in that ministry. Um, it's welcoming, they get to praise people, they value everyone that comes in and they do life and share in the struggles and the joys of parenting. And it leads to conversations along the lines of, why do you do this? Why is it free? How can the church be so generous? And although we don't pay for the venue, like the, the council gave us the children's center for free to use on that morning, Kate, Nikki and Ruth will give up their time and we, as a church, we pay for all the resources. And in the same way that when it came to Christmas, we got the opportunity to serve mulled wine and mince pies on the street. We didn't get to wrap any Christmas presents because no one was buying anything. It was really depressing. But, um, but we got to give away all the mince pies and mulled wine. Or when we did the kids' Christmas party um, in December, which was fantastic. Like there was different craft stations, amazing refreshments, lots of conversations. People always ask the question, why do you do this? Can we pay for it? And we always say, no, you cannot, because we want to be a generous community. And we believe we are a community for the community, for Falmouth. We don't just exist behind closed doors on a Sunday. I love what Alan Scott, who's now the pastor at um, Anaheim Vineyard in California, says. He says, we don't turn up to church. We turn up as church wherever we are. We don't turn up to church, we turn up as the church. And we take this life and the hope that we found, if you're a follower of Jesus, outside of the building. That's why the first Sunday of the month we want to be out and about, sharing God's love, doing litter picks, beach cleans, all that kind of stuff. Like, can we refurbish a school playground? We're going to go and do something up at the chaplaincy or the university. We want to be a blessing to this town and further ahead, further afield. And everything we do as a church is because of your generosity. You, as a community, are incredibly generous. Now, I want to do something now that I'm going to do every year. I want to give, be completely transparent about the church finances. So if I can't go into super details, but if you want to know, look, graph and everything. Um, if you want to know finer detail, email me, and I will send you the PDF, and you can peruse to your heart's content. So... Where's my bits and my notes? I just want to say a massive thank you to all of you who are giving regularly from your finances. Some of you, I know it's sacrificial in the way that you give, meaning that you go without so that we can be blessed as a church and bless other people. So we were blessed by Cardiff Vineyard, so our sending church. They did a collection about, well, January last year at our commissioning church, uh, commissioning service back there. 
Um, and they transferred eight and a half thousand pounds from their giving as a community, not from the church, as the community towards us. So when we finally set up our bank account, which came through in April, they transferred that money into our account. They are such a generous church. So we got the bank account set up. A number of you then set up standing orders as well and now give regularly. And you can see over time that has grown. Um, I took out the first month because it kind of goes massive at the beginning because it's eight and a half thousand pounds. Then it goes, looks like it drops. I'm like, well, that doesn't look very good. Let's take out the first month. Let's start in May. So uh, you can see that the giving has kind of gone up month on month. Averaging, it's gone up about, you know, it's probably three or four hundred pounds a month. And we're just seeing at the moment our monthly giving is just over three thousand pounds a month, which is incredible for a church plant. It's amazing. So a huge thank you. And in terms of how we spend that money each month, what I thought I'd do is break it down into a percentage of what we spent. This is just the top 10. This isn't everything, okay? Um, so I've just done the top 10, the biggest things we spend money on. So media and PA, that looks really big, doesn't it? 19%. And I was like, oh my goodness, how have we spent 19% of all that we spend on PA and media? It's because we spent 400 quid on a projector. And then originally to get the speakers and the multi-core and all the sound stuff, we had to spend about 800 quid. So that's why that one looks deceptively big. It's a kind of a setup cost rather than ongoing. Ruth said not to get into detail, so I'm not going to go into detail. Venue hire. So to rent this place and anything else we've used um, over the years cost us about 17% of our outgoings. Uh, or do I need to pick anything out of there again? I don't think so. so I've set out disc PA. Um, so to yeah, so we rent these two rooms. It's going to go up. We think the Maritime Museum want to raise their prices up going up from next month as well. So that will probably, as a percentage increase, um, but we're not too worried. Um, and I suppose, as a, I just want to reiterate, we are a church plant. We are flexible. We are free, like in terms of the building and the spaces that we have. It works at the moment because obviously this room is not full and that room is not full. But as the kids' groups grow and develop, we may need more space for kids. That's the, the pinch point I will see first, I think. So we might have to look and see, is there any other spaces that will be as good as this or better uh, for hopefully the same or less money would even be better. So that's not realistic, but in faith. So um, yeah, so that's what's, that's the 17%. Um, conferences, that's to go up to the National Leaders Conference, and then we've been up to a few regional and area conferences as well, and it took some travel to get there. Design and print, all the stuff we sometimes print flyers back in the day. Don't do it quite so much now, but we did around Christmas and beer and carols and those kind of events. So what else? I met with the trustees of the church in December, and they agreed to start paying me a day and a half a week, which is fantastic for all the work I do at church, so that is amazing. I updated the spreadsheet to try and work out what as a percentage of our outgoings that would be, and I think it's just under 8%. So imagine another conferencing size slice of pie, um, which would be my salary going forward. So it didn't feel like it was too bad in terms of the cost of the church as well. Um, but we want also to be a generous church to those causes that don't directly benefit ourselves. So you might notice that we spent around 11% um, outgoings giving to other charities. So that was about £1,000. So we gave a gift of £1,000 after Christmas to Love the One in India. So it's a charity that was started by two pediatricians, Mary and Kat, who are incredible. And they are passionate about seeing the poorest communities in Orissa receive healthcare, education, and childcare. They do so much in terms of setting up a school, um, training um, parents in, in how to, like, general, like, sanitization, 
um, healthy living, and all those kind of things. So they put out a shout on Facebook just before, just after Christmas to see if people could donate to three specific cases. And I was like, you know what? We need to exercise this generosity muscle as a church. So we'd love to bless you. Um, so I'm going to go to the next slide. This, hopefully, is Samir on the left. He has a very complex heart condition. and was fighting with pneumonia. This guy on the left there. So they had to wait. They took him. They pay for everything. The transport to the hospital, the team to go with them, team to look after them. They transport the family to the biggest hospital that can do the work to do the operation. So he had his first heart operation and is recovering really well. Because you can see before and after, he looks a lot happier then. Um, there's some other amazing. If you go to the Love the One Facebook page, it's just break your heart. It's incredible. Um, and then next on the right is baby Hashan. He has hydrocephalus. See him at the top, really malnourished, really looking desperate. So they took, same thing, took him to hospital, paid for all the um, um, health care that they needed because they would have to pay everything. These really poor families who can't afford the medical costs. Put the shunt in, drained the fluid, um, got infected, so he had to go back for another operation. But now he is home and recovering. And look, just love seeing his little chubby arms. Looks so much more healthy on the bottom picture, doesn't he? So that's lovely. And then lastly, slide 32, baby Alphans also had open heart surgery. He's grumpy at the top and he's a bit happier at the bottom. So uh, they got some even better pictures. Well, they got some more pictures on their website and on the Facebook page as well. He has open heart surgery to correct a deformity and he's recovering really well at home now as well. We are blessed to be a blessing to those near and to those far away. So... I just want to say thank you because it was lovely to be able to respond to a need with the generosity of this community, and I think it's great. So if you want to catch up with them, at Love the One India on Facebook, or you can go to their website as well. I know some of you already know about them and what they do. So what's next? That's what we've been up to. I've not gone into beer and carols or the other stuff, the carol service we did, or the, some of the walks and socials we've done this year, because it just feels like that was enough just to celebrate what, has been, what we've been up to. Many of you will know that we're meeting more regularly from now on. There'll be something going on each weekend, even if it's not full service. And because we're meeting more regularly, I think it gives us a bit more flexibility for what we do in here and in the kids' work, uh, kids' room as well. Times of extended ministry, of extended worship, ministry on the streets and healing on the streets. We'd love to get out and about on a Sunday morning as well. Wouldn't it surprise people to see people from church not in church on a Sunday? Oh my goodness, the scandal. That's just the scandal in the other churches. Our goal above everything is Jesus. It's following him, it's serving him, it's loving him, it's extending his welcome and his life to everyone we meet. We worship him, we serve him, we want to bring him glory in everything we do. And all of that we've looked at is for him, and so people might find him. And we are really excited that we had someone sign up to get baptized on Easter Sunday. Got to start planning how we do that logistically, which is great. But I would love it if it was more than one person. More than one person that said, you know what, I found life in this season, in this church, in this community, because of this word, or that story, or that encouragement, or this prophecy, or this prayer, or this healing. I've realized that Jesus is real. I've realized that I need him in my life, and I want to invite him in and into my heart. So we are praying for more. 
And we've always felt that a, a, the community is to be a place where we can all come alive in our faith. Not just for the first time, but come back to life. If they're feeling dry and directionless, that we'd love to be a place where people could come back to faith in Jesus. Where he's not been a priority in people's life. That they would be awakened, would be set on fire again. So although there's been lots of activity over the last year, the fruit is who are each of us becoming in this community? Are we becoming more and more like Jesus? Are we living in his presence more? Are we more aware of his presence? And the thing we've been focusing on the last term in small group has just been, are we operating in the authority that God has given us as disciples of him? When we go out, that we take the Spirit of God with us and we take the authority that Jesus puts on us to say, we can make a difference in our community. We can make a difference in our streets, in our neighborhoods, at the school gate, in your where you places of your work, places where you study. You are the catalyst to change in that environment. And that is so exciting. And I'd love for us as a community to share stories where we step out and see breakthrough within our communities. And the times where we step out and it all goes horribly wrong and we just go, well, at least you tried. Well done. Well done for having that word for someone. And then go, no, you can't pray for me. If that's the worst that's going to happen, it's not too bad, is it? So I feel as if the priority for the next season is to ask God for more, to more intimacy, more authority, and more insight into where he is leading. It doesn't feel like we need a new vision. We just need to carry on doing the same. We're gathering and we're going out in authority. We're seeking his presence and his taking his presence where we go. I love that thing we started, the video from Vineyard Churches that we started with about the story of Elijah. Go back and read 1 Kings chapter 18. It's amazing. It's when Elijah confronts the um, prophets of Baal, and they all both chop up their bulls, which is, and they, bulls, I said bulls, and they cut them up, and then they put them on the altars, and he says to them, you call on your God, and I'll call on my God. And they, he says, like basically, they, they chant and sing and shout and pray all day, and nothing happens. And Elijah drenches his altar with water, and drenches it again with water, and then drenches it again with water, and there's water in the moat around the altar, and he just prays one prayer, and the whole thing is devoured by the fire of God. And they say... <laughs> Your God is the real God. And I'd love for us to go out in that kind of authority that our God is the real God. And that changes everything. That changes how we go out in authority and confidence. But there still, at that time, was a drought in the land. And this had all happened. The fire had consumed the altar. that could consume the offering. But there was still drought and still famine. And Elijah calls out to God and he says, will you send rain? And that's the story of this cloud the size of a fist. And there's been a number of people that have had prophetic words over the last month about that cloud gathering, that cloud of the Spirit of God just just starting to develop and grow over the sea and come into the land. And we say, yes, now is the time. Wouldn't it be incredible to see a move of God in this town, in this region, in this county at this time? That's the stuff that I get really, really excited about. Should we stand? Let's do some ministry.